This is an ABC podcast. It's just strange, isn't it, how quickly a week goes by? And here I am again in your ears, Sammy J, with you for another snack pack as we hurtle towards, let me just check, Christmas time. Boy, oh boy, set the tree up with my kids the other day. Plastic tree. I feel a little fraudulent using the plastic tree, I will admit, because I grew up with, you know, the smell of pine trees and things. But these days, you can't do anything right. You get a pine tree, you're cutting down trees. You use a plastic tree, you're putting things in the ground. But not yet. I'm trying to get my money's worth out of it. Bought it 12 years ago. I think I calculated, what is it? If you use a plastic tree for like 37 years in a row, then you've effectively justified the purchase. So only a couple of decades to go. But only a couple of minutes to go today because a quick snack pack is a fun snack pack and it is chockers. Adam Spencer, author, comedian, maths geek, is coming in to talk chess. Ooh, how I love it. Corinne Grant, comedian and lawyer, is helping me with a bit of a tricky piece of legislation here in the People's Parliament of the snack pack. Former front man of Jet, Nick Sester, has had a bit of a pivot. It's written a kid's book. Everyone does it eventually. You're rocking around the world, then you have kids, then you write a kid's book. I did as well. I didn't even I didn't even rock quite as much as Jet did, but certainly travelled on planes now and then. Travelled on a jet to sing musical comedy songs around the world. But that is not where we're kicking things off today. Today we're kicking things off in the heart of the city of Melbourne, where I had the great honour of standing atop a seven-metre-high platform with the Lord Mayor, Sally Cap strapped to a zip line as part of a fundraiser for Food Bank in Victoria during my ABC breakfast radio show. And our job was simple. We just had to get from one side of the river to the other on a rope. Does that sound like fun, Lord Mayor Sally Cap? <laughs> it certainly does. OK, Sally Cap, you and I are going to step up uh, together to this. We'll have a few minutes uh, probably to debrief together. Uh, thank you for joining me. Oh, really? It's my pleasure. Thank you. Don't have you better things to do. Like, aren't you handing out parking fines this morning? I love hanging out with Sammy J. Radio. Okay, we'll see uh, if you're changing your mind in three minutes' time. Steve is inviting me. I'm holding a microphone and a phone. Is that cool? Watch your head, Steve is saying. That's fine. Okay. Emma from uh, the zip line, Firefly, is putting the phone into a special harness. Is this because people keep taking selfies and dropping them in the Yarra? Uh, we wouldn't let that happen. So we've created these so that people can film themselves heading over and keep their phones nice and safe and dry. Nothing but safety here. Um, for the, okay, I'm putting that on my wrist. It's being tightened up. The Lord, that's a Lord. That's that the Lord Mayor screaming. Just want to do that once more for the microphone. I'm going to sit down in the harness. Yep. Okay. is ready to go. Okay, Sammy J and Sally C. The doors are. Do we do we launch ourselves or do you like violently push us? Walk off to the. Okay, Sally Cap, should we do this for Melbourne? Oh my God! Here we go, baby. Sally Cap. And Sammy J, Gold, what do you reckon? Are diamonds really, truly a girl's best friend? <laughs> this is actually amazing. I haven't sworn. Sally Cap beat me. I don't like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm about to bounce back. so fun. Lord there, Sally Cap. That was just something else. You gave me nothing. You gave me everything. I saw you the joy in your face. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to you uh, in a second with this microphone. That was something else. Sally Cap, please tell me it was more fun this time doing it with your old friend Sammy J. It was the best, the ultimate Sammy J experience. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. 
Please enjoy in moderation. Hey, hello, cyclist. A cyclist has stopped. Oh, it's, it's Sophia. What? It's a listener. Get up here, Sophia. Get up here. Hey. This is this is Sophia, formerly of Camperdown, now in Berlin. Come here. Now down by the Yarra. Um, I thought I'd better make uh, Lord uh, Lord Mayor Sally Cap happy. <laughs> I know your voice so well, and it is lovely to meet you in person. Oh, sorry, I'm so sweaty. Did but, you just you know. ride here from Berlin? Yes, I did. <laughs> Don't, oh, you know. You get a, almost get a Melby for that, Sophia. <sighs> oh, there's more to come. Are you good at maths? Like, do you, for example, when you're listening to this podcast and you see how much time has gone by, can you automatically work out how much time is left, or do you need the other end of the little dial to tell you? Like, I'm more of a go-with-the-flow sort of guy. I don't really like calculating numbers on the fly. But one man who does is Adam Spencer, author, comedian, maths geek. He's the sort of guy who loves square numbers. He can tell you what one is. Four square root is two. Sixteen square root is four. I'm out of my depth already. I need help. Uh, Adam Spencer, what's your favourite square number? To my favourite square is eight squared. Eight eights are 64 because that's the number of squares on a chessboard. And I thought today I was going to get my mathematical nerd off by talking about the World Chess Championships that are about to start in Dubai. Current world champion, the Norwegian prodigy Magnus Carlsen, who's been number one in the world for 11 years, facing off against Jan Nepomachi, who we all just call Nepo from Russia. We could see the balance go back to the brilliant Russians of decades gone past, though most people think Magnus Carlsen will probably hold on in this best of 14 chess showdown in the UAE. Adam, do you follow this as closely as it sounds? Do you watch the games live, for example, or do you tend to catch up in the morning? It's really interesting because this format they'll be playing called the classical format is the slowest of all formats. You've got two hours each for your first 40 moves. Then you're given additional time for other moves. In the previous World Championship match, one of the, one of the matches went for seven hours. So it's actually, to be honest, a little bit too long to sit there watching it live and enjoy. Though, little side note, back in the 1960s and 70s, they used to televise Grandmaster chess games in Russia six hours straight, just a single camera, no commentary. So that's old school. But when, when you get down to the sort of 15, 20 minute side games that they'll play as a tiebreaker in this format if needed, those sort of things you can watch live because they're happening at quite a, quite a steady pace. This thing you probably prefer to drop in the next day and watch the edited highlights. So you do see some, just the fact that these people, I understand the rules, I play a bit. But just to see these pieces shuffling at a level where someone's planning something for six, eight, ten moves ahead and one of the very best players in the world falls for it is just beautiful to watch. I, as you know, talk myself down when it comes to maths all the time and yet I am a lover of chess. Is that something of of a, a reveal? Because chess is ultimately an entirely mathematical game, isn't it? It's, well, it's interesting. In, in theory, chess is, is a beautiful marriage of, of hardcore muscle memory, just brute calculation, but also creativity. At the, at the really high, it's interesting. If you and I played a game of chess and they did an MRI on us as we played, we'd be about 80% calculation. If he does that, I'll do this. Mm-hmm. He does that. I'll do. Only about 20% muscle memory. By the time you get to Grandmasters, it flicks around. It's 80% pattern recognition and memory, 20% calculation what's your favorite piece oh that's a really good question i think the thing that makes chess beautiful is the night and the way the night moves everything else is pretty logical that they go straight they go diagonal the queen does a bit of both 
But the idea of the knight that can go two steps forward and then one to the side, that little L shape, mm. and the number of times a knight will get you out of trouble, or you have to take into account just this completely bizarre... If the knight, if the knight could only move two steps straight either way, chess would be just an incredibly different game. It's a beautifully bizarre move that just totally changes the dynamic of every piece on the board. And you're baked into thinking of uh, other pieces as blocking you, but of course the knight being the only one that can happily jump right over in the manner of a horse. If, if you didn't have a piece that could jump over, uh, it would it totally change the game. The number of games that would just lock up and just get all clogged up and there would be no way through. But you, once you sneak your little knights in behind, it can do all manner of damage. I don't want to get too philosophical, but I will because I trust you, Adam. I'm sure you'll agree that chess for me is life itself. You know, it's about ambitions. It's about the fact that pawns can ultimately become a very powerful piece if you stay true to your course. It's about redemption. Absolutely. You, you can learn also that, 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 that aggression, if you don't have the justification for it, will lead you undone. Just sitting there passively and waiting for someone to overplay their hand. And the idea that unless you're one of Jan Nepo or Magnus Carlsen, there's always someone better out there. What is the talking point in your house in April? <laughs> it's called... Yes, it's a coffin. Um, my hubby built it several years ago as a Halloween prop and um, we roll it out most years. And so it just gets stored in the house and people come and look and go, is that a coffin? Are you listening to this on a train right now, to this podcast or on a bus or on a tram? I, I, I know some of you are and I want you just to look around, take a moment, do it subtly. Just, you know, give it a moment and then look around and tell me if anyone is eating food right now. And if they are eating food, does it make you very, very angry? Or are you completely cool with it? Or does it depend on the aromas that the food is producing? These were the sort of intricate details that I got into this week on my breakfast radio show during our People's Parliament, which is when I like to bring up a proposed bill and see whether it passes or fails with my listeners. This was a bill to eradicate food on public transports, which, thanks to some amendments, became a bill to create an eating carriage on trains, which I thought was a pretty fair, reasonable suggestion. Comedian and lawyer Corinne Grant had some other thoughts. Corinne, what do you think of the idea of a special eating carriage? Any concerns? All right, well, I've got a number of concerns. Mm -hmm. First, what happens if the train is packed and you've got nowhere to go except into the eating carriage? (gasps) Be like a hostage situation. It would be, wouldn't it? It would be, and if you're like me and you have an absolute 100% hatred of mouth sounds, that is like the worst place you could be in the world. That's a very specific hatred, Corinne. Mouth sounds. Oh, man. Can't can't bear them. Cannot bear them. It's got some kind of particular name. Everything's got a name, right? Yeah. I'm sure it's there. Is it like, like, so if I did this, like... Yes, I bet. No. No. Okay, I'll stop. I will hang up. (laughs) Okay, so you don't like chewing, you don't like breathing, you don't like that sort of slurping. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Breathing, I haven't thought about that, but now you've mentioned it. Breathing is very annoying. (laughs) So this is Corinne, who is largely against life, it seems. Uh, (laughs) But that's politics. You've got to come out strong and swinging. Yeah, that's right, exactly. So I'm concerned for those innocent people who are getting on the train somewhere close to their destination when it's already packed and having to don a plastic suit and earplugs and get in that eating carriage, which by that stage will be a pig size. And we'll have to be... 
We're also going to have to pay for extra cleaners because that thing's going to have to get hosed down yeah. constantly. Well, uh, Gleno in Parkdale early suggested, like, you line it all with lino and just make it like a hospital sort of room so you can just, yeah, like, full, uh, intense, high-pressure hose at the end of each day. Would that satisfy that concern? Look, I do like that idea. Make that room as unattractive and depressing as possible <laughs> and less people will be inclined to eat in it in the first place. It's not, it's not conducive to a, a nice eating environment. Corinne, I need to, uh, can, can you step away from the microphone for a second for a private chat here in the chamber? I, you have a, you, you've done comedy for decades. You cannot tell me that you have not, after a show at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, hopped on a train or a tram with a kebab in hand and hoed in. Are you seriously telling me you have not been that person before? I'm not an animal, Sammy J. <laughs> wow. I, I have not. I have <sighs> not. I, well, full respect. You're a, a better human than I, and I, you know, I'm not yeah. an animal. I'm, I'm well kept, but I, even I have <laughs> been that guy. I couldn't. I couldn't do that to my fellow travellers. I couldn't. Okay. What about a little also, sandwich? Oh well, no. Who right. takes a sandwich to a comedy gig with them and keeps it in their bag? <laughs> this guy. To eat on the train on the way home. Actually, yeah, I can imagine you doing that. <laughs> no, really, good. <laughs> Oh, okay, so yeah. we've also got to think about what defines what are we including with the eating here? Like, what if you've got a lollipop? Well, lollipop yeah, surely so, the least offensive option. I know. I, I'm concerned with the people who are having a lollipop for their breakfast, getting on the train, and being forced into the eating carriage. But to be surrounded what by if, those having tuna mornay. Exactly. That's right. What about? What about people with chewing gum? Now, does, is that classed as eating? Do we trust our elected officials to employ um, people who are going to ensure that this um, new law is uh, regulated to to not persecute people who are just chewing gum? Are the, or are we including gum? Like, hubba-bubba has quite a smell to it. Oh if you're gosh. having hubba-bubba... Do you have to go in the eating carriage? I don't think this bill is ready to be passed. You are such a lawyer. You have just gutted this bill. Here I, know, I was. Right? I was so close to having a success today, Corinne. What are you going to bring the wages of the PSAs as well in because they're going to become food inspectors as well as Mikey checkers? Actually, now you've mentioned that. Yes, I am. This is the Sammy J Snack Pack. So we're working to manipulate um, bananas and we're actually trying a number of trials in a controlled growing environment to uh, produce the ultimate straight banana. Um, Yeah, so people... Just keep an eye out when it comes out. Sammy, I, I, I hear a sense of, of sort of humour or laughter in your voice. I'm a bit no. concerned. Do you remember Jet, the band? Of course you do. They were massive, award-winning, global superstars. Time has gone by. They've all continued to create things, particularly the frontman Nick Sester, who not only has moved all the way to Italy, but from afar has penned a bit of a love song collection to his hometown of Melbourne with the beautiful skipping girl vinegar sign which sits atop the streets of Richmond. Not only a children's book but an accompanying album, Skipping Girl, are now out. Nick Sester, great to have you with me all the way from Italy, I believe. It's true. I am. It's true. It's the evening here. It's a very cold night. How long have you been there for? Uh, it's been five years now, I guess. Yeah, just over five years. So we, my, we have a little um, our little daughter Matilda, who's born here three years ago, is 
who is, I guess, um, is Milanese now. She's more Milanese than Melbournean, that's for sure. <laughs> I'm going to keep this quick. I'm going to come at you with three very important questions. Are you ready uh, to feel the might of my journalistic prowess? Hit me. Okay. Hit me. Nick Sester, author, musician, lover of the Skipping Girl Vinegar Sign. What you seeing? What am I seeing? Um, it, well, I live in a part of Milan in the north of the city where it's quite a beautiful um, tree-lined street. And it's autumn now in the city, so the trees are... Um, it's actually, it actually reminds me occasionally of, of like sort of Rathdown Village around that area where I live here in Milan, um, which, as I guess you know, is quite beautiful in the autumn time. So we're at the end of autumn now, the beginning of winter, and the trees are particularly beautiful, and the streets are covered with... Um, Orange, red, and brown coloured leaves. It's a very beautiful time of year. Oh, I like that. And we're doing our best to make Melbourne nice for you before you get home. It's looking like better weather next <laughs> week, I promise, man. Okay. Is it? Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> hey, Nick, what you hearing? Um, I, I listen to, well, I guess I'm going to have to respond musically. Music for me is always very seasonal as well. So this time of year, you know, like, Certain music makes makes more sense to listen to certain musics in certain times of the year. For me, autumn is is always very, very um, you know, it's like crooners. I like the cro- yeah. the crooners, and I like I like uh, you know a bit of bit of Dean Martin, and I like a bit of Bing Crosby, and I like I like I like classical music as well. So do you match you you, you you really do match your listening to the seasons? I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like which when I get back to Melbourne, I guess it's going to be hot, so I'm going to have to switch to like. I like listening to like sixties Brazilian stuff in the summertime. It makes sense. It's the climate in which it was written, so you know. How much of your listening now, though, is actually children's music? Being as you are now a dad with a kid on your hands, it's a lot. It's a lot of it, actually. Well, it's true, but you know, but I, it's nice because it's given me the opportunity to go back and revisit my own childhood and the things that I used to listen to, um, and you know, and the stuff that I used to listen to with share with my own father, which I'm now sharing with my daughter. So it's quite a beautiful. Completion of the circle, you know? Totally. Oh, okay, Nick, look, you've done pretty well so far, but this is the big one. This is the hard question. This is gonna mm-hmm. this is gonna break you. What mm-hmm. you tasting? What that's easy, man. I live in Milan. Oh no, easy. damn, you're gonna you're gonna have all sorts of fancy yeah. stuff for us, aren't you? Yeah, well again, you know, uh, one thing that I do love about living in, in Europe or specifically Italy is how seasonal the menu is. You know, it's not like in Melbourne where every single product produce is available every single day of the year here. Things are only available when they're in season. So, again, being autumn, it's it's all about mushrooms and truffles and um, you know, and slightly heavier wines than normal. So, it's, again, uh, this is this is like you hit me in my prime. This is like <laughs> I come to life. What about, <laughs> I come to life in autumn. What about bananas? You got good bananas there. Well, I was going to say, was it? A, I know it might seem like an odd move for me moving into writing a children's book. That was only because I was aware that the, the straight banana market was already taken. <laughs> okay, time to put your snack back in the soft plastic recycling bin for another week. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for rating. And thank you to Sir Ross Kavanagh, my musical wizard, who has been just binging the Beatles doco hard this week. If you haven't checked it out, my gosh. It's a real window into the soul of Get Back. Hope you have a great week ahead. Uh, I've been Sammy J. Chat soon. Okay, I know I, I, this is like a cute little thing we do each week where I pretend I'm still... I actually can't get out of the studio. The, the door's locked. I'm, I'm going to be here till next week. Um, okay, say hi to my loved ones for me.
good, good, good. We're going to talk about my family home, though, not my home. Is that okay? okay? You can talk about, about any home. Talk about my home. Any home in the world, Kate. Um, my family home, I was a life drawing model for about 10 years. So there's quite a few nude paintings and drawings of me on the walls of my family home. And my nieces always ask, why is your bum bum on the wall? That's a, that's a common question. And then there's rooms that my brother just won't go in. Uh, did your mum lovingly put them up because she loves you and that's beautiful or did you put them up because though you were the subject and it's like you're putting your own artwork up? Because my bum bum is so great. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah basically. Um, no, 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 because I think because mum loves me but also the art is damn good. I worked with some really amazing artists so why wouldn't she put some damn good art of my bum bum up on the wall, basically? I have no answer other than yes. <laughs> Look... Thank you for giving me airtime to talk about my bum bum. Anyone who wants to talk about their bum bum is welcome at any time. <laughs> oh, ABC's turning 90. This is how we're going to celebrate it. Just bums to the wall. <laughs>